I'm David Farrier, a New Zealander who ended up accidentally marooned in America, and I want to grasp what makes this country tick. LA is not built for walking. I've never been more aware of my own mortality than when strolling here in the city of angels. I mean, there are places that don't even have a sidewalk. You just walk along the road, praying you don't get hit by a car. At every crosswalk, an angry line of cars threatens to run me down. And looking death in the face got me thinking. It got me thinking about the cost of my life. The cost of keeping my life and keeping my body intact. It got me thinking about the American healthcare system. A recent survey finds Americans have collectively borrowed about $88 billion to cover doctor and hospital bills, bills that can be confusing or even come as a shock. The system here terrifies me. See, in New Zealand, it's a user-pay system. Our taxes go towards free healthcare for all. But here in the US, over half of Americans have medical debt. A quarter owe 10 grand or more in medical bills. So while around 300 million Americans have health insurance, 30 million don't. And sometimes having health insurance doesn't help all that much. This is crazy to me, and I want to find out why. So look both ways and pray you don't get hit by a car or maybe a train. This is the healthcare episode. Flatness. Flatness. It is something that I've been thinking about since I got here because I do feel very fragile and I do worry that if I ever end up in hospital, it'll be over for me, you know? You are fragile because you don't even put the A in front of hospital. You think it's just hospital. It's just hospital. Yeah. It's deep, this topic. It's Mm. heavy. You picked a hard one. Mm. I've had a lot of different kinds of insurance already in my 34 years. Yeah, right. I had under my parents, Mm -hmm. obviously. That's the best kind. That's great. I had that in New Zealand. It's wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, It's just all sorted. What age does that turn off in New Zealand? I actually don't even know. It's just at some point I started paying for it myself. I think the second I left home, it was like, we're done. You do have to pay. For private insurance. So I come from a very privileged family that has private health insurance. The interesting thing is that we've got a public healthcare system. So if I break my leg, it can all get taken care of for free. Yeah. But some procedures you just get done better if it's private. But at the same time, some are better public than private. So there'll be people in New Zealand with private health insurance that still use the public system for some things because it is better. I already have a gajillion (laughs) thoughts on this. So, yeah, I was under my parents. Mm. And then at 26, I believe, children get kicked off their Mm -hmm. parents' insurance. I got on Obamacare. Right. It was pretty expensive for me, which was interesting uh-huh. because I was very healthy and young. Mm-hmm. So it should be cheap. It should be the opposite. nothing's going to happen to you. Exactly. But because Obamacare, I'm also kind of paying for other people mm-hmm. who have entered mm-hmm. into the system too, who need a little bit more Yeah, some people support. need more support than it, you. Exactly. Yeah. So weirdly, I ended up paying more on that than I feel like I should have. Right. Then I got on SAG insurance. We've covered this recently on Armchair Expert as well. Yeah, because it all depends so much on whether you have an employer or not, or whether you're a freelancer or where you are in the system. Exactly. Yeah. So if you're freelance, you have to kind of go get your own. And if not, then you can be under your employer's insurance. Right. But here there's this big, do we move into free health care for everyone. But why can't we do what you guys do where there's also private offerings? I don't understand why we can't have both. No, I mean, it's something I get into in the documentary in this episode a bit, but this idea of free health care for all and your taxes paying for other people's health seems like America doesn't really get on board with that. It's more about like personal responsibility for ourselves. Yeah. And that's just such a different attitude to New Zealand, I guess. I mean, the thing I'm mainly confused about, I wrote this down this morning because I'm trying to figure out what health insurance to get because yeah. at the moment I don't have any. Because you're a freelance. Yeah, also. and I'm a New Zealander. I'm like, what do I even get here? It's like at the moment I'm paying for health insurance in New Zealand and I don't even live there oh, at yeah, the moment. No. I should cancel that. <laughs> but a question for you, it's so obvious, but what's the difference between HEMO and PPO? PPO. 
Because HMO is cheaper. HMOs are cheaper. You have to go to their doctors. Okay, so it's like a specific list. Exactly. I've got to go to this doctor, this dentist, this whatever. David, you have to get a PPO. Okay, so if I'm on an HMO, it's cheaper. Mm -hmm. But if I get like hit by a car and I'm in an ambulance, am I meant to sort of be like looking through my <laughs> like? Because that's outrageous. I like, know not this one because not only am I hideously injured, but I'm going to have to owe a million dollars. Well, this is a great question. I don't yeah. think in a hospital system it's like that. Okay. Because that's what I was imagining. If you have to go to the doctor mm -hmm. for anything and you can plan it, mm. you can't go to just any doctor that you look up. They have prescribed doctors and you can only go to them. And in my experience... Huh. They suck. I have an HMO. Oh! When Natalie was pregnant with Vincent, I had to get a blood test. And I had to go to like six different clinics to find I remember one. you telling me about yeah. this nightmare, Rob. That's because of Rob. HMO. Yeah, so I need PPO. Like, Rob and I both yes. need PPO. Yeah. I feel bad saying that because there are mm. definitely a lot of people, obviously, Rob included, listening who have HMOs. And they probably feel the brunt of the system potentially more yeah. than people who, who are under PPS. It seems ridiculous that there's two systems. It just feels like here's your cheap one, here's your expensive one. The cheap one is utterly useless to you because <laughs> you can only go to like one doctor and he's going to probably be kind of useless for what you need specifically. He might be a great doctor, but not for what you need yeah, at that point. All the options are not open to you. Yeah. I think part of it though is if you go to the doctor a lot. Like I barely ever go to the doctor, so that's why we... Pick the cheap you can one. Still, you can do a high deductible PPO. Yeah. Yes, there are plenty of issues with our healthcare system, and there are, and we will talk about them, I'm sure. But mm. it is one of the best places for healthcare in the world. You're right. In that the procedures themselves, the medicine, the innovation, CRISPR is was invented here, all the vaccines. America is innovating incredibly well in the medical field. And if you've got the money, America can be a good place to get the procedure that you want. Probably kind of the best if you can afford it. Yeah. Yeah, right. Or if you have access to really good insurance, which here in L.A., we have union insurance if you're a member of SAG or the Writers Guild or Directors Guild or whatever. And they're incredible. They're incredible. So I, I can't need to get onto those. It. I need to start acting but, or something. OK, yeah, but you have to make $15,000 a year to keep it. Okay. And then that gets tricky. It's like every year you you might not be eligible. So that part is a little scary. It's all the rules that get me. Sure, that like innovation's amazing here, but if I personally can't access it, I'm like, what's the point? Like, who Wait, even cares? David, you should be in the Directors Guild. So much of America I don't understand. It's like, I need to figure this out. Okay, that's for a union episode, I guess. Okay, <laughs> this, this is for a specific episode, <laughs> anyway. unions. Because I do get lost in all this. And so I went out, as I always did, and just talked to a bunch of people I met on the street about, or in this case, a park, what they thought of the healthcare system. And yes, yeah, some people loved it. Some people less so. Okay. Some people confused. The American healthcare system. I find it incredibly confusing. Can you make any sense of it yourself? No, it's so confusing. <laughs> I work for myself as a massage therapist, and to have health insurance costs up to $850 a month, and I'm completely healthy. It sucks. <laughs> and period. <laughs> it sucks unless you are super rich or a member of government, then you kind of have to, like, work just to pay for insurance. Healthcare, I think, is a right that should not be tied to whether or not you're able to get a job with someone who can offer you the benefits that you need. Even if you are employed, if you're like a service industry worker, it's likely that you don't get healthcare through work. So then you have to do like navigate the free marketplace for healthcare on your own, and there's like not a lot of guidance. When I was in college, there were no psychiatrists in the area, so there was a program that would ship the medication that I needed to me at school, which is awesome. It was covered by my insurance. And halfway through college, uh, I get a letter from my insurance company that says, we've partnered with CVS, and therefore you can only get your medication from CVS, which means I can no longer use my psychiatrist back home, and I have to find a new one where I go to school. And then I got to prove to them I actually need this stuff. It's not personal, but it feels personal. I was married to someone who had a liver transplant, and insurance then paid the $140,000 that it cost to get a new liver and we were very satisfied with the care. Oh, that's great. It's great when it works out. I hate health insurance. I'm a nurse, so being the person who provides the care, I don't understand why there's this third party who's charging these extravagant 
means of it and it's not even going to the people who are actually taking care of the people so that really frustrates me I also spoke to a lot of people that day who were just so incredibly confused I couldn't even use in the segment because yeah. they were just kind of like, as I was talking to them, they were trying to figure out like the whole system. And it made me feel more secure that even a lot of Americans don't understand like what the hell is going on, mm-hmm. you know? It's almost like they make it complicated on purpose, just like finance. Like yeah, I feel like yeah. stocks and stuff, they make it all complicated on purpose so that you don't really look into it. Yeah. I read a stat, Americans spend $2.8 trillion on healthcare annually. This was on Vox. That works out to about one-sixth of the total economy, more than any other country. If the healthcare system were to break off from the US and become its own economy, it would be the fifth largest in the world. (laughs) Oh, oh, wow. So the whole system here is... A major industry. It's a major industry. Yeah. Hmm. So look, just keeping it simple, Like, have you ever had any healthcare where you've been panicking internally about will it be covered or have you had like any health oh. insurance disasters? Because when I got strep throat, I thought I had COVID <laughs> again. I had strep and it was like really sore. I was like, oh no, I was holding out and going to a doctor because I don't want to go to a doctor. I've got no insurance. What do I do? <laughs> and so I ended up going to, I paid a hundred dollars and it was in Hollywood. Urgent and care. Urgent care. And there were some oh. characters in there. That was fun. I had like quite a long way and <laughs> a lot of drunk people in there. Ooh. It was wild, actually. But I got really good care. He gave me a test. That was extra. So I was like, oh, no, how much is the test going to be? That was an extra like $15. I said, oh, I definitely want the test. Yeah. She came back. She said, you've got strep. Gave me some pills. Brilliant. How much were the pills? Um, the pills were, I think, like another $20 from the chemist. The visit was 100 the strep test was another 15. Okay. So it wasn't that bad. But my right. point is I was really worried going in there. I don't know what this is going to cost. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. That's the only time I've been to a doctor in America ever. Really? I've got a lot of New Zealand friends that live in America. They don't have any insurance. If anything bad happens, they just fly back to New Zealand. Yes, everyone will get treated here, but then you'll be paying for the rest of your life for that treatment. Yeah, or you've got to sort of run and avoid the bills as they start piling in the door kind of thing or right. flee back to New Zealand. So some people I'm sure might do that or mm. they don't. And yeah. then they're I mean, paying it's nice to know that life. like you'll survive. Like America will take you to a hospital and will like patch you up and like sew your leg back on. They'll never turn you away. We have a friend who tore up her whole knee mm. and money is a issue. Mm. She has insurance, but it's not covering everything, obviously. And it's mm. a lot. And she's not going to file bankruptcy. But it's a stress. But it's a stress. It's a stress now that they have to pay for that for a while. I know I come from New Zealand. We've only got 6 million people to look after. It's so much simpler. But in New Zealand, if you something happens to you, you'll get treated and you won't have to pay for it kind of thing. Just the worry here, I think, for me is always like, what will the bill be? Stay tuned for more Flightless Bird. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Flightless Bird is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I use Athletic Greens AG1 every day because I eat like a disgusting child. You don't eat well. sugar and cheeseburgers. (laughs) There's not a lot of green. I eat the gherkin in the cheeseburger, but that's about the extent of it. Oh my. So AG1, I mix it up in the morning. I drink it, it tastes great, and it gives me everything I need in the vegetable department, which makes me so happy. It does, and it has tons of vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens, pretty much everything that you're like, I got to get this into my diet, I have to, it's there. And it's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it'll sort you out. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. I feel like when I'm traveling, I eat horribly. I mean, I eat fun, but it's pretty bad. So just, you know, take some AG1 with you. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash flightless. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash flightless to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And it's made in New Zealand. (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. 
Flightless Bird is brought to you by Framebridge. I've just moved into my first apartment in America and I need to frame lots of things. And Framebridge is kind of a miracle. This is a go-to for me for gifts. I very often get something personal Mm -hmm. and put a beautiful frame on it through Framebridge. It's so easy. They're so helpful. I've gotten gifts for the shepherds. I'll get you a gift. What do you want framed? That'd be so nice. I want a picture of a cute cat or maybe some kittens okay. in a beautiful frame. That's okay. what I want. All right. I'll do that for you. Just go to framebridge.com and upload your photo or they'll send you packaging to safely mail in your physical pieces. You preview your item online in dozens of frame styles and gallery wall layouts. You choose your favorite or get free recommendations from their talented designers. Yeah, they'll help customize your frame and deliver it finished and beautiful and pristine. Instead of the hundreds you'll pay at a framing store, their prices start at $39 and all shipping is completely free. Plus, listeners to Flightless Bird get 15% off their first order at framebridge.com if they use the code BIRD, B-I-R-D. Get started today. Frame your photos or send someone the perfect gift. Go to framebridge.com and use promo code BIRD to save an additional 15% off your first order. Just go to framebridge.com, promo code BIRD. Framebridge.com, promo code BIRD. This whole thing is so confusing to me. I went and talked to someone that knows way more than I do about this. He writes purely about the healthcare system. So I thought I would tap into his dark little mind. I'm very aware that healthcare is a very political topic here in America. I remember being in New Zealand watching glowing news reports about Obamacare over a decade ago. But you know, Mr. President, you've done what generations of not just ordinary, but great men and women have attempted to do. But, Mr. President, they fell short. You have turned, Mr. President, the right of every American to have access to decent health care into reality for the first time in American history. That clapping didn't last, and it faded as criticisms of Obamacare became rife and new voices rose into power. Tonight, I am also calling on this Congress to repeal and replace Obamacare. If it's one thing the ongoing healthcare debate in America proves, it's that both the right and the left love to clap and share and yell. It's all very American. But in all that cheering and yelling is another emotion, one Luke O'Neill knows all too well. Misery is making for great company these days. Luke writes a newsletter about America called Welcome to Hell World, documenting a lot of America's darker side. Luke grew up in the punk scene, and he brings that attitude into his writing. And he's been writing for over 20 years. Vice, Slate, Esquire, and his own thing, Hell World. It's at Hell World he writes a lot about the American healthcare system, its quirks, its oddities, its triumphs, and everything else. You know, you've been reporting for a couple of decades now for a variety of publications. That's right, yeah. Bird's eye view, is healthcare in America getting better or worse? I know that's a really probably naive question, but I honestly don't know. It may have gotten somewhat better in a very small way, but if you look at how hard it is to make any ground and to improve anything and how slow things are moving, it's hard to even feel good about any of the small gains that might have been made. Here's the thing. I don't have health insurance here, and I've been stuck in America going on 10 months now. I'm lucky enough to have travel insurance. Unluckily, it doesn't come cheap. So I'm thinking about health insurance in a very practical way. Like, I probably need it, right? I'm on a travel insurance plan at the moment, and I need to figure out what healthcare plan to get on. How does it work here? Well, here's an analogy. It kind of explains how healthcare in America works. Okay, so imagine you go into a restaurant. The waiter arrives and tells you what you're going to be having for dinner. And you say, well, wait, can I look at the menu? But no, there is no menu. Okay, so you say, well, can you give me a general idea what this is going to cost me? No, no, the waiter doesn't know. The prices will be figured out later after you've eaten. And in any case, neither the waiter nor the chef, they don't have any idea what it's going to cost anyway. It's some other guy who's going to determine what it costs, some guy unrelated to the restaurant. And so you say, okay, well, I guess I need to eat. So you you order the steak. 
then a couple months later you get a bill and on the bill it charges you for every single aspect of the preparation it says five dollars for the salt you used two dollars for the butter nine thousand dollars for the meat and then if you have a complaint about the prices you can't go back to the restaurant or the doctor <laughs> that actually saw you you have to go to the insurance company they're the people that are setting the prices and the inherent conflict there is, we think of a doctor as this person that is supposed to care for us, right? By and large, they do a good job of taking care of the problem, but then anything related to cost is out of their hands. And so now we're left to appeal to these giant corporations, these handful of massive insurance companies. Their goals are the exact opposite of a doctor. They don't give a shit about us. So at that point, we're just out of luck. And you're stuck with massive bills for something you didn't choose. Starters, sprained foot. Entree, broken leg. Dessert, cancer. We're screwed at the end of it, you know? So if I don't have an insurance policy of some kind in the United States and I need to see a doctor or I need to go to an emergency room, I'm kind of fucked, right? Yes. Now, you will be seen if you go to the emergency room, but what you're going to be charged, depending on the severity of what happened, could be from just the hundreds ranging into the thousands of dollars. And now, let's say you have to stay overnight, that's what starts to really add up. It can be like tens of thousands of dollars a day. Hospitals in America are more expensive than like the most luxurious, expensive hotel rooms anywhere in the world. And the food sucks, too. I'd like a hotel room, please. With an extra large bed, a TV, and one of those little refrigerators you have to open with a key. Credit card? You got it. I just did this big piece where I collected a few dozen stories of people talking about how shocked they were, whether it was Scotland or Japan or wherever. They hurt themselves, they showed up to the doctor, they got taken care of, no bill, no paperwork to fill out. Most of the people here literally do not know how bad we have it and at the same time very loudly proclaim USA number one. USA! 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 Luke's documented the healthcare experience all across the globe. A $4 doctor's appointment in South Korea, a mountain biking accident in South Africa leading to an ER and private hospital at a grand cost of $125, a CT scan in Denmark for $0. Is the thinking here that you just have to get health insurance and pay your $200 or $300 or however much it is a month, just like you pay for car insurance, and that's fine? Is that kind of the thinking? Well, a few years back, Obama, with the Affordable Care Act, required people to get health insurance. And if you don't, there's penalties and taxes and things like that. But still, many people either forgo that because they just can't afford it in the first place or they just sort of roll the dice and be like, well, I'm young and relatively healthy. When I was in my 20s, I didn't have health insurance because I couldn't afford it. It's basically like rolling the dice every time you step out onto the street or get in the car. Some people get insurance through their jobs, but people who have lower paying jobs don't always get this perk. So the people already in the worst possible position to not be able to afford to pay for hospital bills are the ones that don't get insurance through work. But even if you do have health insurance, nothing is guaranteed, which is a real bummer. So you can have health insurance, but let's say you fall down, you're out at the bar or something, you maybe had a few too many, and next thing you know, the ambulance is here. So many stories I've heard from people who have had to fight their way out of the ambulance or like beg people, please do not put me in the ambulance because even if you're insured, there's no telling if that ambulance that shows up is going to take you to a hospital that takes your insurance or you might end up getting a $1,200 bill just for riding two miles in the ambulance. So the fact that we even have insurance doesn't even protect us. And that's why so many people were disillusioned with Obama's Affordable Care Act, because people just saw it as forcing us to have to enrich the insurance companies while barely even getting anything of quality in return. Something happens to you, you just have no idea where it's going to go financially. I'm sorry that this isn't a very light part of conversation. I did an interview with a woman who has epilepsy and she has an awful lot of seizures and she's gotten to the point where she's told her close friends if i'm having a seizure 
do this and that, but do not call 911. So she has to worry about whether or not she's even going to wake up in the first place. But even worse than that is figuring out what the bill is going to be for her having passed out. My real simulation father has so many <laughs> thoughts on the American healthcare system. All right. Is he similar to Luke or is he more positive? He thinks that we have too much care here. I think he really ultimately thinks the Affordable Care Act and Obamacare mm. was the right thing, needed tweaks. Of mm. course, mm -hmm. it was government right. and the private sector. And the problem that people didn't like about that was then there were limitations, right? Like you could only go to the doctor three times a year. You get one physical for free, but that's it. You get blood work once a year for free, but that's it. You're right. And people are so different and they, their needs are so different. Some people would need blood work like 10 times. Some well, my need dad would all. say no. My dad would say they don't. It's an impractical thing to offer. Why are we paying for this? Exactly. Like what? You don't really need to go to the doctor six times a year, mm. but some people do. Some people have an issue and they have to go all the time, but most people don't. Most people do not need to go to the doctor more than once a year, and that should be covered in your physical. It's also mm. preventative care because you're getting everything looked at. You're getting your blood work done. He would say part of the problem with the system is that we believe we need access to healthcare at all times, and we don't really. You're right. And I imagine there's a certain part of the population that we're spending most of our money on. A lot of people don't need that system. There's going to be a small portion of America that is using up most of those resources. Yeah. And so there's that weird imbalance there. And they need those resources, but on the rest of us, it's difficult. And he would say, we can shift it a little bit. Let's have more telehealth, where if you have your strep yeah, throat, yep. you just go onto the internet. In five minutes, you get a prescription like, be for smart that. smart with this thing. Exactly. Yeah. And instead of going to the doctor and paying this, and a lot of things can be treated much easier. And I actually, easier. I had a telehealth with the strep. Uh -huh. It actually didn't go in my favor because oh. they were like, we don't think you've got strep. It'll just be like a sore throat. Oh. That telehealth ended up being wrong. But <laughs> I did really like that, that existed because yeah. we, as far as I know, and this has happened since I've left, we don't have that in New Zealand. Yeah. And that's brilliant because you don't always need to go into a room and sit with someone. You almost never. No, almost never, right? Like you really It's this don't. huge trick just to be like, I've got this. Just mm -hmm. write me a prescription for this thing. Exactly. Yeah. So there's so many different sides to this. The thing I find incredible as well is that doctors, they're paid by procedure. That's a really strange concept to me. Which is why there is some over care. Maybe totally. what they could do in three treatments, they do in six, because why not? And the fact that insurers get to have so much of a say in the costings of things is just seems so utterly strange to me. Of course, everything's going to get insanely expensive. Stay tuned for more Flightless Bird. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Flightless Bird is brought to you by Masterclass. Now, with Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. You can learn how to garden from Ron Finley, improve your cooking from Roy Choi, or learn how to develop an original TV series from the Duffer Brothers. You know, the Stranger Things guys. I love this because sometimes I'll go down YouTube wormholes and oh, then I'm yeah. like, oh my God, I've been watching skincare videos for two and a half hours. I need <laughs> to supplement my brain with some actual information. And Masterclass is so perfect for that because you basically got access to the people that are best at a thing they yes. will have a masterclass, yeah and then you get to just download that information into your stupid brain which is so good it's so so good and it's so easy because you can access it from your phone smart tv the internet laptop whatever it's all modes yeah and each class is broken down into individual video lessons usually around 10 minutes long learn how to write anything from a book or screenplay or just a really good letter learn how to communicate with your boss or your family, how to make dinner, whether you have a Michelin star or just how to make really good scrambled eggs. Whatever you're interested in, there'll be a masterclass for you. I highly recommend you check it out. Get unlimited access to every masterclass. And as a Flightless Bird listener, you get 15% off an annual membership. Go to masterclass.com slash bird. That's masterclass.com slash bird for 15% off every masterclass. So yeah, back to the documentary and Luke and Neil, and I had a question about one of the newsletters he wrote for Hal World. You had this incredible line in that story, we're supposed to get used to all the death. After your first few cools, they say it becomes a lot easier. 
that's sort of an analogy about how we become inured to the suffering here. When it happens to somebody you know, you probably get outraged, but it happens so often every day to so many people here that you just kind of have to become numb to it or else you lose your mind. Reminds me of a clip I saw on The Daily Show last year. Comedian Ronnie Chang was talking about how in Singapore, people who'd refused to get vaccinated and who'd ended up in hospital were being made to pay their own medical bills. It all sounded so American. And this is how that discussion went. Where do you draw the line? It's a sticky situation. Yeah, but in Singapore, Trevor, I, I don't think people realize Singapore is saying that if you don't take the COVID vaccine, you have to pay for your COVID treatment, which is a huge deal in Singapore because Singapore essentially has universal health care. So for them to come out and say, you are going to pay for your own stuff. If you don't take the COVID vaccine, we're going to treat you like an American. That's a punishment in Singapore? In Singapore, being treated like an American in the healthcare system is the biggest punishment you could give someone. And sometimes here in America, I do feel like I'm losing my mind. Even the way things are reported here. I've lost count of the number of stories I've heard of cute kids doing a fundraiser for a sick parent or dying sibling. And it's all reported like it's this inspiring, beautiful thing. I feel like lemonade stands are no longer just about kids raising money for themselves. I mean, we've been talking about these all summer, and they're just so inspiring. Karis Quinn is using her lemonade stand to raise money for Metaviver. It's an organization that raises money for stage four breast cancer. So our goal is trying to get a million dollars, which is actually supposed to be a thousand. <laughs> she is so cute. And her, her lemonade stand is just so creative. I love it. Cute and creative aren't the words that spring to mind for me. It's such a grim spectacle. It's like, you know how in films and TV shows, Squid Game is the latest example. We have like these dystopian game shows, you know, and we watch them and like, oh my God, what would it be like to live in a reality like that where life is so cheap? But how it works here, GoFundMe, which is a major crowdfunding site, is basically a lot of people's health insurance plan. I always joke like there's no real benefit having a social media presence, but like, at least by having a pretty big following, I know that I'll have a lot of people that'll chip in if I ever get cancer, you know? That's my insurance. Somebody's got some rare disease and ends up going viral. Some celebrity might see it and they'll share it and it'll raise all the money. And meanwhile, there's these thousands of other ones that just go unfunded and these people are just have to go fuck themselves, you know? It's like when you get sick, you need to hope that it catches the eye of a big influencer or you do it in like a sensational way or some sort of unique way. You know, it's got to be new. It can't be something that people are sick of. It's like little boy with leukemia. I already heard that story. You know, can you give me something a little punchier, you know, something that can really get me to open up the wallet? It's such an incredibly cynical way to look at it, and I think that being cynical is sometimes the easy way out. But on this one, I'm with Luke. Go viral or die trying. It's hard not to be cynical about that. There was a time when I was on Kickstarter a lot, and I'd see a creative project that I liked, and I would like giving money to that thing. You know, here's $20 to someone who's got an incredible film idea, or they want to market something and make something. I don't really do that anymore because I do see all the funding needed for people to live and survive. And so I feel terrible if I'm giving my $20 to something creative when I constantly see on my feed and people looping me in with causes because this little kid will die if they don't get money. It's insane. Another really sad dystopian element to all of this is CNN had a big story about a little boy, I think he was 13, he was a, a Make-A-Wish recipient, and this young boy, and you know, God bless him, he's a sweet kid, what he wanted to do was use his final wish on helping to feed the homeless in his city. So we have stories like that happen, and then the news shares them like, as if they're these feel-good stories. Like, oh, what a kind boy. And everyone comments like, oh, look at this kid. This is what we need more of. This is how we used to be in America, helping each other. These stories go viral all the time because it makes people feel good. But the subtext is it's a fucking nightmare. Like, what a horrible story. 
that some Girl Scout has to sell cookies and lemonade to make $800 to chip into her mom's $75,000 hospital bill. So I don't know, so many of us are just willfully turning away from the reality of what's going on here. It's hard not to think about the healthcare system in other countries, like, well, New Zealand. Everyone chipping in to help somebody who isn't them. <laughs> right, exactly. Isn't that the logical next step of, of these GoFundMes? But you see, we can't do that here because that would be socialism. And that's very bad in America, not just to the right, but to the centrist Democrats and the mainstream liberals, because even though we're paying these taxes, it's considered somehow weakness to then want to get something out of it on the other side here. I don't know. Is that something you're aware of or does that boggle your mind? Oh, it boggles my mind completely. I mean, I'm fascinated by this because in my mind, so many Americans out there that are voting will have had terrible run-ins with insurance companies and will have ill health and will have horror stories. So surely enough of the voting population and enough Americans would see that taxing people would go towards health care. What's the dissonance there? America as an idea, there really is this rugged individual thing that still persists throughout our culture. It's very easy for people here to remove their own circumstances from the collective public and from the collective goods. So it's like, when something bad happens to me, well, this needs to be figured out right away. This is an outrage. But if something bad happens to somebody else, it's like, well, what did they do? Did they have it coming in a way? Like, were they making bad choices that I certainly wouldn't make? They must have done something wrong. I wonder if this fear of communism and healthcare sort of short circuits people's brains so they can't ever look at the common good. I mean, people have tried. Medicare for All was introduced as a bill back in 2003. In 2017, Bernie Sanders introduced a parallel bill. But none of that has come to pass. What does America have? Well, there is Medicare, which means a part of celebrating a 65th birthday is also celebrating the fact you can finally get free federal health care, which has its upsides. A thing that happens, and this is why nationalized health insurance is good in the first place, is that when you have a single payer like the United States government, they can negotiate prices from a much stronger bargaining position than if everything is fractured. So to get an MRI here that costs $2,000, whatever, to go in there, that's what the hospital and the insurance companies are going to agree to charge. The government can say, no, we'll pay you $200 for that. And so the end result is it's going to be $200 for the MRI, not $2,000. So that's what Medicare does. And they do this with drug prices and things like that. Then there's Medicaid for those who have fallen through the cracks, whose income drops below a certain point, or who might have a disability of some kind. There are about 72 million Americans on Medicaid. The threshold for getting it changes state to state, because while some of it is funded at a federal level, individual states also chip in, up to half sometimes. Counties chip in, too. So in Texas, you've got to be earning under $25,503 to qualify. That drops in California, where you've got to be earning under $16,395. That's nothing. You can hardly thrive on that amount of money. Obviously, that's a very low level of income, but slightly above that, and even tens of thousands of dollars more than that, still puts you in no position to be able to pay for any of these costs, you know? So it's good in theory that it's there, but there's so many people that fall through the cracks here. Yeah, that threshold is so, so low. Right. So all of these things we have in place, it's like we've got a little bit of protection for the poorest people, we've got a little bit of protection for the oldest people, but everyone else is sort of walking on the trapeze wire the whole time, hoping we don't end up in huge debt. The other thing I find quite weird about healthcare in America, from the Affordable Care Act to Medicare to Medicaid, are the bits of your body not covered, even if you do miraculously end up with some kind of cover. Like your teeth and your eyes and your ears aren't considered part of the body technically in America. Those are all separate things. Those are not covered by medical insurance. Those are like luxury senses. You know, people always call teeth luxury bones here. And getting into dentistry is a whole other thing. 
luxury bones. I really, really like that expression. And it's definitely what I'll be calling my teeth from now on. But yeah, even Medicare doesn't guarantee help with your teeth. And when you're in your 60s, that's probably when your teeth could use some help. But no, 65% of people on Medicare don't receive dental coverage. Luxury bones. If you have a tooth problem and you have medical insurance, it has nothing to do with your teeth. So if you get a filling or you need a root canal or something like that, and you've got really great health insurance, then you're still going to be on the hook for a hefty bill. And people told me their dental care nightmare stories, going for years, suffering with an abscessed tooth or needing a root canal, just constantly being in pain because dental work is so expensive. And I've been through this myself. Again, I don't think I went to the dentist for my entire 20s. And I ended up needing a couple of root canals, which cost me like $4,000 a tooth. (sighs) And you couple that with the fact that all of our dentists are being bought up by corporate chains now and they're being pressured into doing as much work as they can. So you go into the dentist and you can't even trust whether or not they're telling you the things that you need are true or not, or if it's something you could maybe get away with for another couple of years and doesn't need to happen right now, but they're just trying to generate some work for themselves, you know? Yeah, it's like when you have a car and you take it in to the mechanic and you don't fucking know if what they're telling you is true or not. Right, and so again, not just with teeth, but for our bodies in general, the American healthcare system damages your thinking, not just the public health. We talk ourselves out of going to the doctor and we put things off. And then what happens is when you don't stay on top of things, much like with the car you're talking about, like if you get something rattling in your car and you can't afford to fix it, you just let it go. And next thing you know, now you need all this work done on it. Same thing happens with our bodies. You know, you've got a little lingering cough and if you went to the doctor, they could have caught it and you just go without and it turns into this full-blown thing. And so there was a study is that a lot of people were being diagnosed with cancer at exactly age 65. And can you imagine why that would be? Yeah, hello, Medicare kicking in. Right. (laughs) So bleak. Let's say you're 63 and you're starting to feel like shit. You're going to go, okay, well, I'm going to wait a couple of years and wait until it's paid for rather than going to the doctor right away. If you could catch cancer six months earlier, never mind three or four or five years earlier, it's going to be a much better health outcome. It's all about catching it. Exactly. And this study that I wrote about is it show that this significant spike in a number of different type of cancers at exactly age 65. And I think that, if anything else, is one of the more depressing you know, anecdotes about the American healthcare system I can think of. Do you have any sense of any positive change coming in healthcare? Has America got any chance of pulling shit together? Or is my time in America just going to be spent in constant panic that I'm going to get horribly injured and become bankrupt? Even though every single story here I told was absolutely bleak and depressing and demoralizing, believe it or not, for people who are listening here, I try to imbue my writing with a sense of hope and a sense of possibility that things can change. And I do believe that they can. It's going to be a real steep hill that we have to climb. And the way to do that is by recognizing our shared humanity and our shared concerns. So we're very divided in America right now, but it's mostly by cultural things taking our eye off the ball of what we all have in common. And that's that we all have human bodies. We all need healthcare. We all need to see the doctor and see the dentist. And even though I'm a little bit demoralized today on the day that we're talking, I have to believe that we can come together and recognize that. It is kind of fascinating, the luxury bones portion. Oh, I hadn't even (laughs) thought about that. I I just, I love that term, but the fact your teeth are not, And ears, like that's a specialty thing. And I'm sure there's some historical precedent for that. But to have those as separate things, I mean, it's got me thinking now, like, oh, God, I I don't have my medical insurance sorted, but what about my teeth? Your dental, yeah. I'm getting a gap in one of my teeth that's growing. (laughs) And I actually sometimes whistle accidentally if I get excited and I'm talking. I'll sometimes just let out this whistle. Yeah, it's a problem. But I'll just be talking in a group of people and there'll be this big, like, this big toot. And everyone's like, what's that? And I like, I used to get like, I went bright red the first time it happened. And everyone's like, is that you, Dave? And I'm like, yeah, it's this fucking gap that's just opened up. So my point is I'm 39. 
my teeth are on the move for some reason at this age. I thought this stopped as an adult. Pimples stop, your teeth are in place. But apparently that's something that happens to adults, their teeth move. What am I going to do about that over here? How much is that going to cost me? Oh, man, that really made my day. I'm a podcaster now. I can't be whistling at random times and I'm excited. I can't believe you're letting out random tooth farts. I want to hear one. I do have a hack for you. You mm. could go to UCLA's dental school and oh. you kind of have to wait there all day, but they'll get help you. Get a fresh you. student. They'll help you. Yeah. Right. You get a little cheaper treatment. That's a great um, tip. Also, what's not covered, which is unfortunate, and this I would not say is a luxury bone yeah. or orifice. <laughs> luxury bit of the Your bod. brain, mental oh. health, like therapy is not oh. covered often. Totally. Talk about getting upstream on issues. Like exactly. Mental health is like a huge thing, right? Yes. If you're going to get therapy here, what do you need to do? Is there any free or cheap? Well, better health. <laughs> yeah. It is an affordable option. Yeah. A good therapist is between 200 and like $500 yeah, or something, right? On the upper an end hour. Of that. Mm -hmm. And also, I had therapy in New Zealand and it's not an hour. They cut you off. Mine's 50 minutes. Yeah, that's some bullshit. <laughs> What are they doing? Admin before the next patient. That should be an hour that you pay for, not 50. I love my therapist, so I, hmm. I don't want to say anything negative. But I mean, at that 50 minutes, all right. They start to wrap yeah. it up. You're like, hey, it's not midday yet. Yeah. It's 10 too. When what she gives doing? me some extra time, I feel like, like I'm special and also that my problems are really bad, that yeah. she had to like stretch her time. Yeah, but, huge yeah, cost. It's not covered. And yeah. I would love to see that be incorporated into more. Yeah, I mean, even in New Zealand, our mental health system is a mess. I mean, we've got one of the highest youth suicide rates in the world. Just because I think we're isolated and socially we've got some weird things going on. To get a therapist, you've got to go to a doctor. They might refer you to someone, but you're not going to be necessarily be able to get in. Also, drugs are really expensive. Oh, here. God. Pharmaceuticals is another entire yeah. thing. Vox had this piece again. I quoted from them before. There's some heartburn medication. In the USA, it's $215. It's $23 in the Netherlands. Really? I don't even have the capacity to talk about this. I don't understand these prices and how it surges. It seems bonkers. It was like Martin Schreiki, whatever his name was, right? He bought that pill and suddenly it was up to like $2,000 a pill as opposed to like being $2. He was like America's villain for a while. Oh. He bought this pharmaceutical company and just did crazy things with him. Yeah. Everyone hates him. Well, it's also tricky here because, and I'm sure this is everywhere, but then once there are generic pills of the prescription, then it's cheaper. I'm on this right. birth control mm. that has a generic, mm -hmm. but I can't take that generic. It makes me feel crazy. Yeah. And so I was like, I need to be on the real deal, but it won't be covered. So now I pay, mm. I pay $130 a month for this. That's crazy. Just for a birth control that works for you, that doesn't make you want to like puke all the time. Yeah. That's outrageous. But I mean, they have a ton of different kinds. So mm. look, like I could- Eventually you could find one Maybe. that might work for you. Yeah. Yeah. But what a process. I know, exactly. And really not something you want to like mess around with too much. Yeah. One thing we didn't even talk on it, a big issue is that people's insurance starts skyrocketing mm -hmm. once they start having issues. And yeah, people right. can't get on a different insurance because they have prior conditions. Mm -hmm. They can't get it. That stuff Obamacare also got rid of, which I really appreciated, but I guess is gone. I've sort of tuned out of the American, I don't even know, to be honest, what's going on right now with our current president. That clip at the beginning, Obama will do a thing, or Trump will come in, something or different. <laughs> I don't know what Biden's doing, but it's like we don't have a chance to like get a trajectory on anything. Exactly. It's like new president gets in, it's just like yanking the old one. It's like nothing gets a chance to actually have runway. No traction. I know. That's Which a is, problem. It just seems kind of odd. a generalized problem with our polarized system right now so the main thing i've learned i feel like i haven't learned a lot from this i feel like i'm more confused sure. and down about the whole thing but i just know i need ppo instead of hmo <laughs> yep i would prefer that for you yes okay and we're gonna get rob and his beautiful family to jump yeah, onto a ppo I system mean, as well what the hell? i'm gonna get on a ppo system okay because i'm lucky enough to be able to be able to do that i do feel worried for all the americans that are sort of slipping between the cracks it seems problematic so there's this big argument that Luke brought up that everyone wants to look after themselves and yeah. doesn't want to pay for the rest of America's problems. But if a third of the country's already on Medicare and Medicaid, and that's 
kind of a system that's working and we've all kind of accepted that, there is an argument to be made, you'd think, where it's like, no, let's just expand that to the entire population and we all just pay for that. And then I'm going to be covered as well if I want that cover. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like we're not doing a bit of user pays. Yeah, We're exactly. doing it for like the certain part of the population. So why not expand it to everyone? It's not that much of a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. And giving everyone that option would be nice. But if I'm going to role play someone who is against it, I would say, why should I pay more in taxes? Why should I sacrifice my really, really good health care for more people who might not be contributing the same way I am? Mm -hmm. That's what they would say. I don't want to pay more for other people. It's just that thought that always gets in the way. I wish I could just point to them and be like, it's already working for a third of the country. So let's just expand it out and say to those critics, no, you're already paying for like a third of America already doing this. It's not that much of a stretch to just punch it out a bit bigger. I think they would say, I don't want to be. I'm already paying too much. Mm. Every time that number goes up, every time I go into a new tax bracket, I'm pissed. I get it. I don't like seeing that amount leave my paycheck either. Like I have to be understanding of someone who works really hard, gets their paycheck and sees a lot of it go and is thinking, this isn't fair. (laughs) Like I work hard for this. And the more that taxes get taken out, the more of that feeling. Mm. Most people do notice Most it. Most people notice that. Just for insurance to work, it's like we're all agreeing. There's like the social contract. It's like we're all in this together. We're all going to put some money in the kitty and we're all going to honor this and help each other out. Yeah. The trouble is that there's those people that are just going to be living their lives being like, fuck that. I'm going to like get drunk every night at this bar because I want to. I don't give a shit and I'm going to fall over and hit my head. I'm going to be in the hospital. I'm going to drive recklessly. And those people are ignoring that social contract and they're going to cost the taxpayer in this hypothetical, wonderful world where we're paying for everyone like a lot of money. And those people kind of mess it up for the rest. Yeah, the taxpayer who works a 12-hour day looks at the other person who could care less about their health and is thinking, why should I be paying for that person? Mm. On the other hand, you have a lot of people who have these really terrible health problems that aren't their fault and they're going to cost the health system a lot of money. And there's also, I think, resentment towards those people when there shouldn't be. And we're still going to pay for them regardless. If they can't pay and they go to the hospital, it's not that that charge just gets erased. The rest of us are going to incur it. Yeah, it's still ultimately at some level coming out of our taxes because the federal government's going to, someone has to pay for it. You know, it's going to get written off there. And so we're still, like, we're paying for it no matter what. So, like, why not make it simple and just, ah, yeah, it's frustrating. It's a generalized American problem. Are we here to help everyone Mm -hmm. or are we here to make it and, yeah, make it on our own when it's all about us and what you do? Yeah, and I think there's merit to both. I mean, I do have an opinion on what I pick, but I get both sides. I'm a pure socialist from New Zealand, (laughs) and I just want us all to put a bit of money into the kitty and just help everybody out. I get it. And it's going to be utopia. Hey, well, look, we're a third of the way there. We just need to go a bit further. Well, you're not more American. Are you? You tell me. I mean, I think once I get my health insurance, Uh I'll be a bit more American then. Until then, no change. (laughs) Great.